Welcome aboard, historians, to the NCC 73117, USS Little Hero. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you'll step right this way, historians, we'll go to Holodeck 2, where we will continue our adventures of Captain Kirk and his beloved crew. Commander Vicky, will you take us to the coordinates where we belong? Onward and upward, Captain. Make it so. Welcome back to Vicky's Adventures into Star Trek. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And today we are doing Season 3, Episode 5. Is there, in truth, no beauty? Right. So, Vicky, would you like to tell everyone where they can find us? Yes, if you'd pull that up for me. I gotta pull that up <laughs> for you again? Okay. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, Overcast, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, I don't Castbox, Pocket Cast, Public or what? Radio is it? Public. Radio Public, Stitcher, Spotify, and Anchor. Where it all began. You can contact us at Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek. And if I go to www.vickystartrek.com, what can I do? You can find our merch shirts. Woo! Merch shirts! So, Vicky, this is our second time re-recording this. Yes. <laughs> so, what did you think was going to happen in this episode? Season 3, Episode 5, Is There In Truth No Beauty? Kirk meets a... A new species that gives him a true serum and he has to tell the truth. Wrong. So it says here, A beautiful woman escorts an alien ambassador so hideously ugly that the sight of him can drive humans a human insane. Wow. So, and just so everybody knows, um, in case I sound weird, just before, on Thursday, just before the new year, I got into a major accident, totaling out my big rig. Um, I was not at fault, thankfully, but it was still scary at the time. Everybody, as far as I know, walked away. But in case you hear a long pause in the in there, it's because I had to pause and then restart because I have to make a report for our insurance for the company. Right. So you ready to get in this one? Onward and upward, Captain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
Stardate 5630.7. We have been assigned to convey the Medusans' ambassador to the Federation back to their home planet. While the thoughts of the Medusans are the most sublime in the galaxy, their physical appearance is exactly the opposite. They have evolved into a race of beings who are formless, so utterly hideous that the sight of a Medusan brings total madness to any human who sees one. Mr. Marley. James. So that guy is Lawrence Larry Marvick was a Federation engineer and one of the designers of the NCC-1701 USS Enterprise. Wow, the Enterprise. Yep. Captain. Captain, what are you doing here? You'll have to leave before the Medusan ambassador. Yes, yes everything will be taken care of. This is Mr. Spock, my first officer. Oh, yes, you're the boss. It's all right for you to remain, but uh, you, Captain, and this other gentleman... Montgomery Scott, Chief Engineer. Call me Scotty. Mr. Spock, do you have the visor? You must be sure to wear it. Humans who get even a glimpse of Medusans have gone insane. Thank you, Mr. Marvick. I shall be wearing the visor. We mustn't keep the ambassador waiting. So the Medusans. Interesting name for this race. The Medusans were highly intelligent, telepathic, and empathic, non-corporeal race. The Borg identified this the race as species 802. I found that interesting that the Borg would, yeah, do that. Well, from what I'm thinking, because they're non-corporeal, I doubt the Borg have assimilated them. But the Borg categorizes each species down the line and gives it a number. Right. If you'll go with Mr. Scott, I'm sure the two of you will have a great deal in common. Aye, indeed. It's a rare privilege meeting one of the designers of the Enterprise. Lieutenant Uhura, open a channel to transporter control center on the planet. Aye, sir. This is Captain Kirk. Inform the ambassador and Dr. Jones. We're ready to beam them aboard. Kirk out. Are you sure this visor will work? It has proved effective for Vulcans. It's your human half I'm worried about. I shall endeavor to keep it under control. Inform me when transport is complete. Dr. Miranda Jones. She was a blind telepath who specialized in the field of psychology. She wore a special sensor web which allowed her to perceive her environment. Welcome aboard, Ambassador Collis. I am First Officer Spock. And in the box is Ambassador Cola. Ambassador Cola was a non-corporeal Medusan re, re for his, renowned for his aptitude in special or spiritual navigation and renowned a, a virtual recluse by his unfortunate passage, which shocked humans into insanity on sight. Traveling within his own transport chamber for safety during his transport, transport to the Federation Ambassador Koloff 
checked aboard the USS Enterprise with a human engineer, Larry Marvick, and a human telepath, Dr. Miranda Jones. Jones was unaffected by Cola's appearance because she was blind, though she did not advertise it, the, this fact. Marvick, okay, we'll, we'll go into that later when we get to right. it. I'm Dr. Jones. The ambassador is most honored to meet you, Mr. Spock. to achieve a true mind link with the ambassador. I'm sure you will find it a fascinating experience. I wasn't aware that anyone had ever achieved a mind link with the Medusans. No one ever has. I was referring to mind links I had attempted with members of other species. I've heard, Mr. Spock, that you turned down the assignment with the ambassador. I was unable to accept. My life is here. In other words, Spock was the ambassador's first choice, and he and Spock said, "No, my life is aboard the Enterprise." In other words, my loyalty is to my captain. Hey. Spock to bridge. We have arrived at the ambassador's quarters. Thank you, Mr. Spock. Notify all hands to return to stations. All right, let's take her out. We're all factor two. We're factor two, sir. I would appreciate an opportunity to exchange greetings with the ambassador. the ambassador would be charmed.
learned that you attempted to take my place. Not correct, Doctor. Although I am aware of your mind attempting to contact mine. Were you born a telepath? Yes. That is why I had to study on Vulcan. I understand. May I show you to your quarters? I think I'll stay here a bit. Ambassador Carlos often finds the process of transport somewhat unsettling. I understand. Our ship's surgeon often makes the same complaint. Do call when you are ready. of the Federation. Didn't someone try and talk you out of it? Now that you ask, yes. Well, I'm glad he didn't succeed, otherwise I wouldn't have met you. Thank you, Captain. Tell me, Dr. Jones, why isn't it dangerous for you to be with Carlos? Spark, I can understand. Nothing makes an impression on him. Why, thank you, Captain. You're very welcome, Mr. Spark. But as I understand it, no human can look at Carlos, even with a visor, without going mad. How do you manage? I spent four years on Vulcan studying their mental discipline. You poor girl. On the contrary, Doctor, I would say that Dr. Jones was indeed fortunate. Vulcan is not my idea of fun. Joy can be many things, Doctor. On Vulcan, I learned to do things impossible to learn anywhere else. To read minds? How not to read them, Captain? I don't understand. Dr. Jones was born a telepath, Captain. Oh. Vulcan was necessary to my sanity. What most humans generally find impossible to understand is the need to shut out the bedlam of other people's thoughts and emotions. Or of their own thoughts and emotions. You know, I was just noticing your Vulcan idic, Mr. Spock. Is it a reminder that as a Vulcan you can mind link with the Medusans far better than I could? What does the idic stand for? I don't remember. They said it a lot. Why don't you tell us? Because I don't remember. Spock says it quite a deal. Infinite diversity, infinite combinations. Okay. Idic. Well, I doubt that Mr. Spock would don the most revered of all Vulcan symbols merely to annoy you, Dr. Jones. As a matter of fact, I wear it this evening to honor you, Doctor. Indeed. Yes, very interesting. I might even say fascinating. But back to your mission. Doctor, do you feel any way may be found to employ Medusan and navigators on starships? It would certainly solve many of our navigational problems. Well, the key is the mind link that I learned on Vulcan. Now, once we have learned the technique of forming a corporate intelligence with the Medusans, the designers, that's where Larry comes in, can work on adapting instruments. I don't care how benevolent the Medusans are supposed to be. Isn't it suicidal to deal with something ugly enough to drive man mad? Why do you do it? I see, Dr. McCoy, that you still subscribe to the outmoded notion promulgated by your ancient Greeks that what is good must also be beautiful. And the reverse, of course, that what is beautiful is automatically expected to be good. Yes, I think most of us are attracted by beauty and repelled by ugliness, one of the last of our prejudices. At the risk of sounding 
prejudiced. Gentlemen, here's to beauty. To Miranda Jones, the loveliest human ever to grace a starship. How can one so beautiful condemn herself to look upon ugliness the rest of her life? Will we allow it, gentlemen? Certainly not. Thank you. How can one so full of joy and the love of life as you, Doctor, condemn yourself to look upon disease and suffering for the rest of your life? Can we allow that, gentlemen? <laughs> to whatever you want the most, Miranda. Some more Antarian brandy. What is it? There's somebody nearby thinking of murder. Who is it? Can you tell me? It isn't there anymore. Did you know who it was beforehand? No. Did you see the way the one shifted? Yes. That was that was why I noticed him long ago. <clears throat> Not that I've seen it like five hundred thousand. Captain, would you mind if I said good night? Of course. Thank you, gentlemen. You make a choice impossible. Please uh, stay and enjoy yourselves. It was a delightful dinner. Sleep well. Loretta. Are you sure you're well enough to find your way along? Of course, Dr. McCoy. Please don't worry about it. That's what we call a lady. Yes, she is something special. Very special. I suggest you treat her accordingly. I've known Dr. Jones long enough to be aware of her remarkable gifts. But it's been a long day for me. Larry, would you like to stop off at engineering with me? I have a few things to check, and uh, a bottle of scotch says that you can't handle the controls you design. Some other time. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, Scotty. You're dressed up for the occasion, Spock. Very impressive. Scotty, the only member of the original Enterprise, this Enterprise, to get away with his dress uniform being a kilt. Exactly. Well. I genuinely intended to honor her, Captain. Good evening, gentlemen. Good evening. Sleep well. Bones? What's troubling you with the girl? Well, she's not just another girl, Captain. Don't make that mistake. Oh, I didn't think that for a moment. What else? I don't know what it is exactly. She seems very vulnerable. We're all vulnerable in one way or another. Of course. But there's something so very disturbing about her. Meaning she's quite a woman. I agree. Good night, Jim.
Larry, I've got to talk to you. It's late. Please, it's important. All right, come in. I thought the dinner was never going to end. I rather enjoyed it. Yes, I know you did. I didn't. It was so far away. I'll be further away than that soon. Please don't talk of that. There's so little time. Please, Miranda, don't go with Carlos. Now, we've been over this time and time again. Don't I know? I've asked you in restaurants, in the laboratory, on one knee, on both knees. Miranda, how can you do this? Harry, please try to understand. I understand. You're a woman, and I'm a man, one of your own kind. The colors will never be able to give you anything like this. Why did I ever meet you? I've been honest with you. I simply cannot love you the way you want me to. Miranda. And I'm going away with Carlos. That's final. I think you'd better leave now. Something tells me if Carlos didn't come into either of their lives, they probably would have gotten married. Maybe. that it was you before. Who is it you want to kill, Larry? Is it me? You mustn't keep this to yourself. I want to help you. So now you want to help me? Now I know what a mere human male has to do to get a reaction out of you. Make you think he's a patient. A great psychologist. Why don't you try being a woman for a change?
Do you know their names? No. Leah, uh, Lemmy, and Leslie. This is the same guard, the one closest to us, that in the last one, the children shall lead, where he got mad because all he could hear, all that uh, <clears throat> security officer could hear, was Kirk speaking backwards. Right. Same guy. Miranda. So you couldn't resist the wee waiter. Has the ambassador been hurt? No harm has come to the ambassador, Captain. Who could have done such a thing? Larry Marvick. Larry Marvick? Why? Do you know whether he saw the Medusa? Yes, he did. Then insanity will surely be the result, Captain. Dangerous insanity. The controls are all yours. And the bottle of scotch will be in your room this evening, if you can handle them. Captain Kirk, to all ship personnel, red alert. An attempt was made to murder Ambassador Cullis. The murderer is dangerously insane. He is Lawrence Marvick. Be on the watch for him. Kirk out. Marvick is winning all these fights right now is because he's insane. And some people, when they become insane like this, dangerously insane, they become very strong. Indeed. <clears throat> Mind. 
So in this area, they don't go over 9.5 very often, right. because supposedly the structural integrity of the ship will immediately fail. Although, twice prior she's gone, or well, at least once prior, because I don't think we've done Let This Be Your Last Battlefield yet. But at least in one with, uh, what's his name, uh, the probe, um, Nomad. Yeah. Nomad got the ship up to, what, warp 14? Yes. So, yeah. The ship can take it. It's just, I don't know for how long. Yeah, I don't think we've done Let This Be Your Last Battlefield yet. No. Yeah, that's not until no. this season, so. Let's see what happens. Right there. Come on. Right there. they will call an intergalactic void or extragalactic space is a space between galaxies with respect to the Milky Way galaxy it is <clears throat> as defined as being outside the galactic barrier that was my next question so I don't need to ask that one then <laughs> <laughs> So here's some interesting information, and I just screwed that up. <laughs> so, according to Calendra and the Kelvins, okay. the USS Enterprise encountered in 2268 were born in an intergalactic void between the Milky Way, Milky Way galaxy <clears throat> and, uh, God, what is it? Uh, and the Andromeda galaxy, and would die there on the way back to Kelva. Okay. Sometime in 2364, this one we don't know about, the USS Greyhound encountered the galactic probe which was sent to the Milky Way galaxy from outside the galaxy. Alright. In 2369, around the same time as the US Inter Enterprise D visited Relay Station 47 in CGN... The CGN... Uh, I can't pronounce the last name, the name of it. Let's see. C, I think it's the Calliope? Carolic. Okay. CG and Carolic. Okay. Was it, in this space, it was assigned to a deep space exploration of sector 80912. I don't know. Beyond the boundaries of the galaxy. We made it. We're safe. We're safe, Captain Kirk. Oh. No. No! No, Captain, we mustn't sleep. No! No! No, they come in your dreams. That's the worst. They suffocate in your dreams. No! no. All right, all right, all right. No. We'll take you to a place to hide, a no. better place. Come no. on, come on. No, we're going to stay here on the controls. Right. Ready to speak. Leave. Leave the next galaxy. Miranda. Miranda, you're here. With me. Yes, sir. 
I didn't lose you. Oh, my beautiful love, I thought I lost you. I'm here, Larry. Huh. No. I can see what he sees. Huh. No, don't. Don't think oh, of it. Liar. Liar. Deceiver, you're not alone. You brought it with you. It's here. It's here. You brought it with you. Liar! date 5630.8. As a result of Larry Marvick's insane fears, the Enterprise lies derelict in uncharted space. We have no way to determine our position in relation to the galaxy. We are in a completely unknown void. Where are we? We are evidently far outside our own galaxy, judging from the lack of traceable reference points. When we exceeded warp speed factor 9.5, we apparently entered a space-time continuum. I have the autopsy report on Marvick. Heart action stop, cause unknown. Respiration stop, cause unknown. Brain activity stop, cause... Shall I go on? You mean he just simply died? I mean he evidently could not live with what he saw or what he felt. Damage report, Scotty? We need some repair, sir, but the ship is intact. Position report, Spock. Impossible to calculate. We lack data to analyze. Our instruments appear to be functioning normally, but what they tell us makes no sense. Our records are clear up to the point at which we left our galaxy. Then we should be able to navigate back? Unfortunately, we lack reference points on which to plot a return course. We experienced extreme sensory distortion, and we shall do so again if we attempt to use warp speed. And we cannot recross the barrier using sublight speed. A medman got us into this... And it's beginning to look as if only a medman can get us out. An entertaining suggestion, Mr. Chekhov, but not very helpful. There is someone else aboard who might be able to help us navigate. The Medusans have developed interstellar navigation to a fine art. Could call us function, despite the sensory distortion. Very possibly. The Medusans' sensory system is radically different from ours. Perhaps for the purpose of this emergency, I might become Kolos. Explain. A fusion. A mind link to create a double entity. Each of us would enjoy the knowledge and sensory capabilities of both. We will function as one being. Hazards? If the link is successful, there will be a tendency to lose separate identity. A necessary risk. Of course, Dr. Jones will not wish to give me permission to accomplish the mind link. I don't think she'll want anyone to intrude in the kind of rapport she has with Collis. Dr. Jones has shown reluctance every time I've asked to converse with Collis. In some ways, she is still most human, Captain. 
particularly in the depth of her jealousy. I could confine her to quarters. Not sufficient. Her telepathic powers are formidable. If it is at all possible, her mind must be so engaged that no thought of what I am doing shall intrude. I think that could be arranged. I may be sentimental, but yep. this is my favorite place. Earth. I've never been to Earth. Recognize this area from the other episode? Uh, uh, it's the garden. The what? The garden. What's it called? I don't remember. The Arboretum. Okay. What lovely flowers. May I touch them? Certainly. Arboretum. against the emotions of others. At times, the emotions burst in on me. Hatred, desire, envy, pity. Pity is the worst of all. Now, I agree with the Vulcans. Violent emotion is a kind of insanity. Are you willing to spend the rest of your life with the Medusans in order to avoid human emotion. Perhaps. A meeting of minds is all very well, but what about love, Miranda? You're young. Attractive. And human. Sooner or later, no matter how beautiful the minds are, you're going to yearn for someone who looks like yourself, someone who isn't ugly. Ugly. What is ugly? Who is to say whether Carlos is too ugly to bear or too beautiful to bear? Miranda, I meant no insult. Please. Here we are among the roses. A very romantic setting. I wish there were moonlight, too. Moonlight would suit you very well. I see you're a very complicated man. Oh, no, no, you mustn't let him do it. Miranda, don't. Let me go. Miranda. Oh, you have 
no idea of what a dangerous thing Spock is planning. We must stop him. Let me go. The Enterprise is at stake. It is not possible for you to be involved. Why? I've already committed myself to Mindlink when Collis and I reach the Medusan vessel. Why put yourself in jeopardy? This is not a duty that you can assume. I'm aware of the fact that your telepathic competence might be superior to mine. But there is a more important factor. The object is to pilot this ship. That is something you cannot do. Then teach me to operate the ship. I can memorize instantly. Now, wait a minute. I realize that you can do almost anything a sighted person can do. But you can't pilot a starship. Kirkin, no. What? No. Fascinating. Kirk didn't know. McCoy did, because McCoy has to know everybody before they come aboard. And then Spock kind of suspected, but didn't say nothing. And Kirk never knew. Nope. He never, ever knew. I'm sorry, Miranda. But you must be realistic. You are blind, and there are some things you simply cannot do. Evidently a highly sophisticated sensor web. My compliments to you, and to your dressmaker. Yes, of course. It's the only reasonable explanation. You can't see, and cause can't hurt you. Elegant solution. But I fail to understand you apparently tried to conceal your blindness, Mr. Jones. I think I understand. You said it. Pity is the worst of all. Pity. Which I hate. Do you think you can gather more information with your eyes than I can with my sensors? I could play tennis with you, Captain Kirk. I might even beat you. I am standing exactly one meter, four centimeters from the door. Can you judge distance that accurately? I can even tell you how fast your heart is beating. No, that won't be necessary. Mr. Spock will make the mind link. No other decision is possible. No. I won't let you. Please. Do not fight us like this, Dr. Jones. I appeal to you as a colleague. Do not oppose us. No. If we can't persuade you, there is someone who can. You'll have to take this up with Collis. For your own sake.
Nicole is probably saying. Captain's log, supplementary. So we don't know what either one of them said, but I have a theory. He said, Okay. Miranda, you're blind. You can't do this. She probably said, Oh, but I can. No, you can't. That's my last word and final. I'm going to merge with Commander Spock. She screams and she comes out and says she has no choice. Right. Our one chance to return to our own galaxy is dependent upon the navigational skills of the Medusan ambassador. With that in view, Carlos has been brought to the bridge and placed behind a protective shield. In part. That is, part of us is known to you as Colos.
position report, please, Mr. Chekhov? Out of position. Our position is so close to the point where we entered the void. The difference isn't worth mentioning. Bullseye, Mr. Spock. Thank you, Mr. Chekhov. Maneuver completed, Captain. Take over, Mr. Sulu. Thank you, Ambassador. Mr. Chekhov, plot a new course. The new headings will be plotted in a minute, sir. How compact your bodies are. And what a variety of senses you have. This thing you call language, though. Most remarkable. You depend on it for so very much. But is any one of you really its master? But most of all, the aloneness. You are so alone. You live out your lives in this shell of flesh, self-contained, separate. Lonely you are. Terribly lonely. Ambassador. You must dissolve the link. So soon. There must be no delay. You're wise, Captain. know something before Spock gets up from the navigator seat he looks over at the visor and then gets up without grabbing it oh I didn't even notice that yeah okay. it's a it's a it's a super quick if you blink you miss it kind of moment all right
Kirk had to stun him with a phaser because Spock it has double everybody's strength normally. He's hardly breathing. Help me get him to sick bay. Unless Miranda can look down into his mind and turn it outward to us, we will lose Spock. Vulcan mind techniques, they seem so untrustworthy now that Spock's life is at stake. Our knowledge of them may be the only thing that could save Spock's sanity, perhaps even his own life. What does she want to? She's been in there so long. There's nothing else to be done. She's tried to help Marvik. Marvik is dead. That's different. Marvik loved her. And Spock is a rival. Is that any better? Even Spock felt the violence of her jealousy. But they weren't rivals in love. Jeff. You shouldn't go in there. Whatever happens, Bones, don't interfere. McCoy? Who's there? Captain Kirk. I have no news for you, Captain. No change? Only that his life processes are ebbing. What are you doing about it? Why, what I can, of course. This doesn't seem to be much. Didn't have her sensor net on. Nope. No doubt you think I can wake him with a kiss. It's worth a try, isn't it? After all, he's on a machine. But he is a Vulcan. Only a half. The other half is human. Far more human than you, apparently. Face reality, Captain. His mind has gone down almost too far even for me to reach. If you don't reach him soon, he'll die. But that's what you want, isn't it? It's a lie. Oh, yes, it is. You want him to die. What did you do to him on the bridge? Did you make him forget to put the visor over his eyes? You're insane. Yes, you know your rival, don't you? You couldn't keep him from making a mind link with Collis. Something that you couldn't do yourself. With my words, I'll make you hear such ugliness that Spock saw when he looked at Collis with his naked eyes. The ugliness is within you. It's a lie. Lie. to see Collis's madness. You can never see. Never! But Spock saw Collis. And for that he must die. Just filthy liar! Brother hatred! The stench of jealousy permeates you. Why should strangle him while he lies there? Don't say any more! Collis knows what's in your heart. You can lie to yourself, but you can't lie to Collis. Please go away! What'd you say to her? Maybe too much. What's she doing in there? You may be right, Pons. Maybe I shouldn't have gone in. She was blind. Really blind. Really in the dark. And if he dies, if he dies, how do I know that I didn't kill him? How do I know that she can stand to hear the truth?
brought a life for both of us. for my future. Your words enabled me to see. Miranda, good luck. Help. I have something for you. I suppose oh, it has thorns. I never met a rose that didn't. the great joy you felt when you joined minds with colors. I rejoice in your knowledge and in your achievement. I understand, Mr. Spock. The glory of creation is in its infinite diversity. And the ways our differences combine to create meaning and beauty. Live long and prosper, Miranda. Peace. So, we haven't really talked much about her sensor web. Okay. So, her sensor web was an array of sensors that could be worn, <clears throat> could be worn over ordinary clothing. Her sensor web was utilized by blind individuals in the 23rd century to help them live as though they were able to see. Okay. So instead of a cane and knowing where everything is and maybe a service dog, this cuts down on all that.
So, Cookie, that was season one, episode, or season three, episode five. Is there, in truth, no beauty? What do you think of that one? I liked it. Same here. On a scale of one to ten, where do you put this bad boy? I gave this one an eight. Eight. Okay. So, I'm going to have to give this one a nine because I do like it. Okay. So, Vicky, who do you think this episode hinged on? Well, Ambassador Colas. Yes. Dr. Jones. Right. Spock. Mm-hmm. Kirk. Mm-hmm. Bones. Mm-hmm. Uhura. Mm-hmm. Chekhov. Mm-hmm. Okay. Scotty. Okay. Marvick. Er- well, yeah, Marvick. Um. Sulu. Sulu. So, yeah. So, Vicky, is there anything you noticed at all? Uh, I noticed she had her sensor web off when she was a Spock. Yes. She did. Okay. So, I noticed that, I and I think this is a good theory to have. So, when Koloff and Spock were together in one mind, you can see after... Spock gets as Spock's sitting up. He looks back at the visor and doesn't grab it. Then goes behind the barrier, and Spock becomes insane because of that. I think Koloth knew if he did that, that Miranda and Spock would have to mind meld, and he'd be able to mind meld with Doctor Jones like he he and her both wanted. Right. To be honest. That's that's a good theory. I like that. Right. Anything else? No. Okay. Well, I guess until next time. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we will catch you in the next mission. Bye.